0: The preceding message is brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah. You may please have your seats majestically this morning. If anybody did not seize majestically, ask him to get up and seize majestically. Hallelujah, glory to God. Glory to God, Father. We give you praise. Glory to God. You know it's a new month. Can I meet onto two, three people this morning and tell them that uh, my hope is alive? Hallelujah, Hallelujah. My hope is not in the grave. My hope is risen. We are starting today a, a new series on risen hope. Risen up. My hope is alive. My hope is alive. Hallelujah. Glory to God. As we get into the Easter season, it should be one of the times in your life that you should be happiest the most. Glory to God. It's because of this Easter why we are here today. It's because Jesus came. He died. He died. He was buried. Glory to God. He was buried. Not only was he buried, but he rose again. He rose again. That is the reason why we have hope. That is the reason why we know that tomorrow will be better than today. That is the reason why I can expect a better tomorrow. Irrespective of the situation, circumstances. Jesus lives. He's not buried in the grave. He's not in the grave. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He rose again. He rose again. You know that. You know the resurrection is, is, is the most significant event in the history of mankind. No, nothing comes close. So it nothing comes close. You talk about other religions, and in other religions they will have they will talk about is it Buddha? They will say he died, but there is no story that he rose again. Hey, and he not just rise once. He stayed. He said, "Let me show you I've got power." He stayed there for three good days, seventy-two. Uh, Is that 72 hours? Yes, 72 hours. Yes, three good days. Then he rose again. Then he rose again. He rose again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Our Savior lives. He rose. He went to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's seated. He's alive. He's alive. You know, nothing comes close to it. One of the things that Jesus is when Jesus rose, you know, right, when, when you read history and when they write things, you now hear when people hear it only when they again when they say in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, you know, Jesus is when Jesus rose, Jesus splits, you know, our calendars into two. You talk about BC and you talk about AD before Christ. And after he arose, he split it. The world can never be the same again. There was the world before Jesus died. There's the world after he rose. So we are not talking about the world after he died. The world after he rose. He rose. He rose to give me life. He rose to give me life. He rose to give me hope. You know, Jesus was not resuscitated. It was not as if he fainted. Then they got ventilator and they gave him oxygen. They didn't give him oxygen. He died. The oxygen left. Three days in the grave. He rose again. My Savior rose again. He rose. You know, one of the beautiful things about the season of Easter is that there is grace for every dead thing in your life to come alive. There is grace. There is an anointing to rest. Dead things. There's another to resurrect things. Hallelujah. Only Jesus has done this. Only he died. He was buried. Not only was he buried. And in the ground for three. He rose again. Hallelujah. 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 When Jesus rose. Five major things we, we learned. When Jesus rose from the dead. You know, I'm going to run into five major things that happen. You know, you, uh, uh, the, the, the first thing when Jesus rose from the dead as, that brings hope to the believer is the fact that the resurrection means that we are justified. We've been made, we have been justified. I am justified. You know, Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. You know, Romans chapter 4, verse 25. I'm going to be quoting a lot of scriptures today. Romans 4, verse 25. By resurrection, all believers in Jesus are justified. To be justified means to be put in the right. To be put in the right. You know, one of the things that we understand is that, you know, the wages of sin. Bible calls it death. And Jesus died in your place. Jesus died in my place. I've I've been justified when Jesus rose from the dead. You know, one other thing that the resurrection showed us, the fact that the resurrection defeated death. Death held a hold on humanity. Nobody could defeat death, until Jesus came. And Jesus died, then he rose again. Hallelujah. You know, for, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Romans chapter 6 verse 9. You know, death is the punishment for sin. But when Jesus died, he rose again. He rose again. The death, the, the grave could not hold them. You know, like that song writer says, you know, the, I, you know um, something, something, something. Death could not hold you. Hell. I will sing in the next life I come. Glory to God. If there is another life. But you know the beautiful thing that Christ says is that there's no other life. There's only one life. We have to leave. And when you live that one life with Christ, something happens. Something happens to you. And you give your life to Jesus. You accept him. You move. Bible says he has translated us from the kingdom of darkness. Into the kingdom of what? Of light. We have moved from darkness into light in Christ Jesus. We have moved from, 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 from darkness into light. You know, the, the resurrection... Another thing the resurrection means to the believer that gives up to the believer is the fact that the resurrection means union with Christ. Romans 6, 8 says now, if we died with him, we believe that we will also live with him. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we died with him, we will also live with him. God loves us higher and wider and deeper than we can possibly imagine. Hallelujah. By our faith, you and I receive the righteousness of Christ because we are united to him. This means that when God looks at us, he does not see our unrighteousness. But God sees the righteousness of God. God sees the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. When God looks at you, when God looks at me, what does he see? Does he see my unrighteousness? No. He sees his righteousness. He sees his righteousness. God will say we are the righteousness of Christ. I mean of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, a fourth thing that the resurrection means to us as believers is the fact that the resurrection gives us living hope. The resurrection gives us living hope. Living hope. You know, we have a living hope through Christ, through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. First Peter 1 verse 3. You know, uh, you know, one of the things we have as believers is the fact that we have a great hope. And that's why your hope should never be in a man your hope should not be in a situation your hope should not be in a circumstance someone will say I've, I have given up hope your hope cannot be in an event your hope cannot be because you did not pass an exam should not be the end of your hope it is not the end of your life the, the fact that maybe a sickness came upon your body you should not lose hope the fact that you didn't get that job you didn't get that visa you should not lose hope we have hope in Christ we have hope in Christ Is a living hope you know, we are blessed we are chosen we are forgiven in christ we are redeemed we are sealed with the holy spirit guaranteeing eternal life glory to god glory to god hallelujah we have a living hope in christ and i i i, I mean a fifth reason why believers should have hope based on the resurrection is the fact that resurrection means we are we are raised to, we will be raised to. You know, Jesus, he died. Bible says that as he is, so are we in this world. Bible says we are buried with him. That you know, that Bible says we died with him, we were buried with him, we were raised with him, and so spiritually we are raised, we are in Christ, and we have hope that when we die, we will be raised. When we uh, because there is hope for the believer. There is hope. Christians will enjoy resurrected life just like Jesus did. With glorified bodies raised in power. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42, to so verse 44. John 11 25, 26 says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? This is what Jesus said to the disciples. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We have hope. There's a living hope. I have hope. My hope is alive. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 13. The scripture says so now faith, hope and love abide. These three but the greatest of these is love. Every time we, you know, we talk a lot about the first and the third. We only talk about the middle one, which is the hope. We only talk about a lot of people talk about, about faith. My faith is growing. You know, my love work is developing. But only do hear people talk about the fact that uh, my hope is rising, my hope is increasing. People, people talk more about the first. And the uh, the first and the third one. The faith and the love. But hardly do people talk about about the hope. hope. And we are going to be looking at a lot of scriptures today. About why you should have your faith, your hope after. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, biblical hope is not a wish or a preference. But rather a certainty that, that has yet to be fulfilled. It's a certainty that we know will be fulfilled. It's not a wish. It's not just a preference. It's a certainty that it will be fulfilled. You know, most of the time when, um, when um, Christians write, talk about the practice of Christian life, like mentioned, like people talk about faith, they talk about love. You know, most of the time, hope should be as the same way we practice faith, we practice love, we should also practice hope. The same way we are exercising yourself in faith. you are exercising yourself in love. You should exercise yourself in hope. We build faith by growing our understanding of the work of Christ. We grow in love by the way we exercise it with the brethren. Hallelujah. Hope, though, frames an attitude of the art. The hope frames an attitude of the art for that which still awaits fulfillment. Up frame it is an attitude of, of, of your heart. It's that it frames, it you to frame an attitude of the heart. It tells you to frame an attitude of the heart for that which will yet be fulfilled. For that which will yet be fulfilled. And this is one of the reasons why, as believers, you cannot resign over and say there's nothing left. Let me let me kill myself. Let me commit suicide. Most of the time, when people get to that point, situations and circumstances have spoken to them that there is no other way out. And then they lose hope. Then they say, the next thing, let me end it all. Ending it all is not the best way out of situation. Because one of the things you know is that when you've got Christ, there's the better tomorrow for you. There is hope for you tomorrow. There is hope for you tomorrow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, one of the things that hope does is that hope waits. For the manifestation of that certainty that you expect, Hope waits. Hope, hope calls for patience. Hope calls for patience. Hope always looks ahead. Hope fixes the touch on the unseen. Hallelujah. Hope nourishes the earth by anticipating what Christ has promised in the gospel. Hope nourishes the earth by anticipating what Christ has promised in the gospel. Glory to God. Hope prepares us for the different phases of life. You, are, you can hope that tomorrow I will, get, I will meet someone. I will get married. Tomorrow I can be made well. Tomorrow I will receive my healing. That's why you can come to church. And some, some, some people, they, you, may, you may have Ill sickness on your body. Maybe last Sunday was not your day. But we have hope that today is my day. We have hope. Maybe, maybe that alpha letter did not come last week. But just tomorrow morning, there is hope that that whole situation can change in Christ in Christ you know like that song says, in Christ alone my hope is found in Christ alone, is my light he is my light is my, my song hallelujah you know I, I, I feel like singing this message. So, because I can't sing, well, get, just get ready. I'll be asking you to, to, be, to, be, to, be, to be giving me the song. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I want to talk to us about six hope facts this morning. Six, no, there are six facts about hope. The first, I would like to start on the first one. It's talk about the fact that I have a living hope. So, that's the first fact. You should know about faith. About hope, my hope is living. I have a living hope, hallelujah! Glory to God. First Peter, chapter 1, verse 3 it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so, how did we get a living hope? Through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. I have been born again to a living hope. I'm not born to a dead hope. I've been born again to a living hope. I've been born again to a living hope. Through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. We are going to be exploring a lot of scriptures this morning. So, if you've got a pen, write down scriptures, go read them, go meditate on them at home in this season of Easter. Let hope arise in your heart. Let hope arise. Let situations come alive. Let the situations come alive. Let circumstances change. We have been called to a living up through the resurrection. That we have in Christ Jesus. Titus one verse two, verse one or two says, "Paul, a servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect, and their oh, and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life." In hope of eternal life. Which God who never lies. Promised before the ages began. Which God who never lies. God who never lies. Somebody come and zero your mind on that scripture. God who never lies. God who never lies. As he said it. Will he not do it. As he said it. Will he not do it. God who never lies. God who never lies. What is that situation? What is that circumstance? Bible says, My God never lies. God who never lies. When is as he said it, will he not do it? Hallelujah. As he said it, will he not do it? God who never lies. If he says you are the head, you are the head. Hallelujah. You know, you know, if you walk in here, you have one head. And God says you are a two-headed being, your second head will automatically show up. Because God never lies. If God says, I'm promoting you this year. God who never lies that promotion is bound to come to pass Bible says by his stripes I am healed God who never lies you are healed God who never lies you are healed God who says that I will give you secret dwelling places God who never lies he's giving you a secret dwelling place God who never lies God who never lies God who never lies. Someone should be excited this morning. God who never lies. He never lies. You've got to know his word. You've got to believe his word. He never lies. He never lies. Hallelujah. You know, Hebrews 6, verse 18 to 19 says, So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to. Ah, glory to God. For God to do what? He does not, he cannot, he cannot. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us, to hold fast to the hope set before us, to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast. Anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, a hope that enters into the inner place before the curtain. And so, hope enters into the inner place. Your hope enters into the inner place. So, your hope has a role where your faith is concerned, your hope has a role where you obtaining is concerned, your hope has a role where you receive the end of your faith. first fact, we have the living hope. Second fact, you should anchor your, faith, your hope on faith and love. Anchor your hope on faith and love. First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 13 says, so now faith, hope and love abide. These three, but the greatest of this is love. Hallelujah. The greatest of this is what? Is love. First, so let's look at various scriptures. You can you cannot see, you know, one of the rules of interpreting of the Bible is that you find out the same thing is repeated over and over in scriptures. And I'm going to show you four scriptures where Bible is talking about the faith, the hope, and the love of. You know, so, First Thessalonians chapter one verse three says, "Remembering before our God and Father your work of faith, Hallelujah, your labor of love." And steadfastness of hope, steadfastness of hope, steadfastness of hope, hope is patient, I mean, hope is enduring, steadfastness of hope, hallelujah in our Lord Jesus Christ. So my hope is in Christ. My hope is not in my own abilities. Your hope should not be in any political party. Your hope should not be in any individual. Your hope should not be in a job. Don't say because you didn't get that visa to go to US, you no longer have hope. Let me tell you what, a lot of people that that open their mouth and say, I don't have hope in this country. Your hope should never be in this country. I don't have hope in the system. Your hope should not be in the system. Your hope should be in Christ. And that's what we read in this scripture. It says, steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. In medical condition, your hope should not be in a doctor. Your hope should be in Christ. Even if we are going through for a surgery, don't put your hope in that doctor that is doing that surgery because there have been stories of doctors forgetting seizures inside patients. So put your hope in Christ such a way that Christ takes hold of the hand of that doctor, of that surgeon, and the surgery is successful. Job should not be in that panadoho. Job should not be in that parasitamo. Your hope should be in what? In Christ. Yeah. Glory to God. First Peter 1:21 says, Who through him believe in God? Who raised him from the dead and gave him glory? So that your faith and your hope are in who? hope in God. Hallelujah. Another scripture, Colossians 1, verse 4 to 5, says, Since we heard of your faith. In Christ Jesus. And of the love that you have for all the saints. Because. Hallelujah. Because of the hope. Laid up for you in heaven. So look at it: Your faith in Christ Jesus. The love. Hallelujah. And because of the hope that laid up for you in heaven. Of these you have had before in the word of truth. The gospel. So there is a hope laid up for me in heaven. There is hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, hope you know, is a triad. You know, the three of them work together. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. But we speak more about the first and the second one. We're going to, I mean, you know, in the limited time I have, we're still going to speak a bit about, let me just run through what, um, run through the six facts about hope. Hope, Eighth, the fifth, the, 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 the third, I would like to speak about is the fact that hope, you know, in, in the workplace, in the manufacturing, you are about PPE, personal protective equipment. This is a PPE. You know, if you go to a factory construction site, and then they wear this at a construction site. And why do they wear it? Personal protective what? Equipment. They wear it to ensure that if things are falling, they will not fall on your head. This protects your head. It protects you. It keeps you safe. You know, it keeps you when you work in certain factories, they'll tell you walk on a particular line. Wear a particular kind of shoe. You know, wear a particular kind of shoe. Wear a protective helmet. You wear this for safety. Hope keeps you safe. One of the things I hope that it keeps you safe. Hope keeps you safe. Hallelujah. Hope keeps you safe. I feel like an engineer at this point. Let me keep wearing it. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5 8 says, But since we, belong to the, since we belong to the day, let us be what? Sober. Have you put on the what? Hey, look at what you are putting on. Look at your PP. You put on the breastplate of what? Of faith. And so, you are, you are guarding your heart. You put on the breastplate of faith and of love. And for a ailment, the hope of salvation. And for your helmet the hope of salvation, you are guarding your heart um, with faith, with love, uh, your protective equipment. Uh, pa- your, your, so it is not somebody else's. It is my past tell somebody it's my personal protection equipment. It's mine faith up, love I put on the breastplate of faith and of love, and so faith guards my left, love guards my right, and if you like your faith on your right, put your faith on your right, your love on your left, and then wear the element of salvation it's it open it's the element of open, I wear elements of open as I go into this so. I no longer do I leave my helmet at home. A lot of time, people wear their faith, they wear their love, but they leave their helmet at home. And that's why people easily get discouraged. That's why people easily get into depression. You know, listen, depression is real. It comes to people. But one of the things you must do elevate your elevate your heart as you are guarding your heart with faith, as you are guarding your heart with love. You should wear the helmet of hope. Hallelujah. Where the element of hope it protects you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 10 says, For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on who? On the living God, who is the savior of all people, especially of those who believe so if you believe, listen to me God saved everyone, but once you believe in Christ, eh, you know, he's your personal, he's still your personal, can you remember that word, personal protective equipment and so, he is my savior of your world, first look at, look at that, In our qualify you know, in law, they will tell you um, that was the proviso so this class is like the proviso then, it said especially of those who believe, hallelujah especially so the love of God I come to church I love all of you right but I love my family more that is what the scripture is teaching to us here today yes he is you know he loves everyone he is the savior of all people but look at it especially hey kalabadaba. especially those who believe do I have a believer in the house this morning do you have a believer in this morning? Is there anyone that you have a personal Savior? Let me see your hand there. You have a personal Savior, especially of those who do what? Who believe? Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, Jean de Le Brodus, Ephesians 2.12 says remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world means that when I'm now in Christ I have hope I have, I have hope and what else do I have I have hope in God but look at what I want you to see in this scripture this scripture, one of the things that they called out in this scripture, one of the personal protective equipment you have here, you have a personal protection against poverty in this scripture. This scripture says, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Listen, there's a commonwealth meant for Israel. And when you are not saved, you do not share in that commonwealth. And that when you have become saved, I have access to the commonwealth of Israel. So it is a protection against poverty. I share in the commonwealth. Part of that commonwealth means that in that commonwealth of Israel, health is mine. Life is mine. Abundance is mine. I share in their wealth. I share in their wealth. I share in their wealth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. A fourth, a fourth fact about hope this morning. A fourth fact about hope this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God this morning. Hallelujah. Bible says, I rejoice over your word as one who has found a great spoil. When I was starting to for this service, I saw, some, I saw some scripture that made me to dance, that made me to run, that made me to, to run. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. Glory to God. You know, the first thing that hope does is that, you know, that makes to understand that we should boast in our hope. Boast in your hope. Hallelujah. Hey, it's boasting good. Yes, in hope. You know, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. It says, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our what? Our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Our confidence and our boasting in our hope. God wants you to hold fast in your boasting. You should boast in hope. But he has already, we have already taught you and laid the foundation. You are not boasting the hope in yourself, hope in your ability. But our hope is in the living Lord. We have a living hope in God, a living hope in Christ. You should boast, boasting in our hope, boasting in our hope. How do you boast in your hope? One of the words you boast in your hope. You know, listen to me. In that office, don't allow people to scare you and say, "Look, that boss, he will sack you tomorrow." Don't allow any man to determine your destiny or your future. Your hope should be in the living God. You're up for a new job. You're up for that contract. Isn't the living? You're up. Why that business will double? Why that business will multiply? Should be the living God. Hey, Hey, kala, Brothers, Hey, fifth fact. The fifth fact is the fact that our God is a God of hope. Your hope should not be in a person or systems, your skills, your ability, but in God. Romans 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope, hallelujah, glory to God. He is the God of hope. That means that God supports hope. He is the God that hope as a God, hallelujah. Bible says, We say the God of all mercies is the God of hope, hallelujah. He is the God of hope, he is the God of hope. May God may fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may abound in what? In hope. And so, not only should I have hope, I should abound in hope. I should abound in hope. And so, you should be an unrepentant optimist. You know, you should be an unrepentant. Don't be, don't be labeled as an unrepentant pessimist. You don't ever see the ray of sunlight. You don't ever see the ray shining. You should be an unrepentant optimist. You should always believe tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow will be greater. What I've seen in the past is small compared to what's ahead of me in my future. Tomorrow will be better. Tomorrow will be greater. Tomorrow will be better. You may have written, oh come on I've got stories to tell. I wrote to work four times. Four times. And, and, and I'm busting in the hope that I have. I wrote it the first time. It wasn't too good. You know, you know, I just didn't get this. You know, remember I was asking somebody, it's three days, 72 hours. Right? You know one subject that did me that, that subject did me strong thing. I wrote it four times. But thanks be unto God. Who daily leads us in victorious triumph. Thanks be unto God. I wrote the first one. You are not alone. You wrote the first one. Eh? You've written that icon four times. And so people have done it before you. Thanks be to God for those who wrote it once and passed once. Thanks be to God for those who wrote it ten times and passed out of the tenth attempt. My God. Oh, glory to God. Maybe. You got married year one, there was no child. It was year 10, you had your own. Thanks be unto God. Your mates got married at 21, you got married at 39. Thanks be unto God. Is the God of all hope? Is it may the God of all fill you with joy? (laughs) You know, and you know, with all joy and peace in believing. So, you need that God of all, he fills me with joy and peace in believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may do what? Abound in hope. The end point of this, is so that I can do what? Abound in hope. Glory to God. Hallelujah. First Timothy 1 1 says, Paul an apostle of Jesus of Christ Jesus by command of God our by command of God our Savior and of Christ our hope. Of Christ our hope. Of Christ, our hope. Of Christ, our hope. Of Christ. Of Christ. The devil to let me tell that the keyboard is to play that song. It's my hope. I was singing one song, like that song is playing in my spirit. I don't, I, I, you know, but you know, my spirit knows the song, but my mind is unfruitful. <laughs> Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of our Savior and of by command of God our Savior and of Christ our hope is our hope hallelujah we have hope through the scriptures that's the next fact I said six right let me give you seven hope through the scriptures Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope the scriptures is written to help us to have what? Hope. Did you see it in that scripture? Through the encouragement of the scripture. So that means the word of God has the ability to encourage us. That means when you don't read the word of God, what you are doing is that encouragement is moving from you gradually. Bible says that let me tell you what, why do you, one of the reasons, one of the ways in which you can deal with depression. What way you can deal with sadness? You know, years ago, I, I don't usually f- feel sad, right? Somehow, somehow. Even when I rose white third time and I didn't, I didn't do mathematics enough, or I, I mean, I wasn't happy with the But it's a bit difficult to feel sad. You know, I remember, you know, I won't tell you what, what my father used to tell me. My father used to tell me something. He used to ask me a question. And, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Uh, He he, he will ask me one question. And then, uh, uh, you know, you cannot answer that question. But don't ask your children. This generation, they will answer. uh, You know, and he used to ask me a question then. But, you know, one of the things that I realize is that in life, when life throws a lot of things at you, sometimes people will tell you, I, I have nobody to encourage me. The Bible here talks about the fact that the scriptures can encourage you. Through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Let me tell you, you need to go back to daily reading of the scriptures. When you read scriptures on a daily basis, it changes your life. It transforms your life. You will be shocked. There are situations, there are circumstances that come our way that maybe, you know, you already a devotion in the morning. The situation will come your way. Just you realize that you've already been fortified because encouragement has been parted. You get to work. You read a scripture about how you should treat your bosses. You not get to work, and your boss is behaving the other way around. But because you already have encouragement from, you know, you are driving in Lagos traffic, you know, and they are telling you that. Be gentle with all men. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Scripture will encourage you. Scripture will guide you. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, Declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a what? A future and a hope. The one of the ways you know God's plan for your life is reading the Bible. When you read through the Bible, do you able to understand this plan of God? God has a future for you, plan and a hope. And so God keeps emphasizing from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God is a God of hope and his plan prepare a future for you and a hope so there's something to look forward to Proverbs 23 verse 18 Bible says surely there is a future somebody said there's a future for me and your hope will not be cut off surely there is a future and my hope will not be cut off there's a future there's a there's a future for me and you know one of my desires, and most my, one of my hope, beyond desire now, that I hope for is that I will have hundred houses in Lagos in prime in prime places. Right? My, Bible says we should bust in our hope, right? I would have hundred houses. What is your hope? I'm going to speak about this. Matthew 12:12, 12, 12. Matthew 12, 21 says. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. In his name. You know, as I went out writing that scripture, all of us here, we're all Gentiles. Bible says, in his name, the Gentiles will hope. So my hope is in him. My hope is in his name. Lastly, hope is an anchor. That's a short clip here. For you to see some hope is an anchor. Hope is an anchor. What's coming on that screen? What you can see on that screen, like when they are dropping the anchor. What are anchors? What are the what what are the, what's the anchor in a ship? What's he, what's it used for? The anchor is a device, usually of metal, right? Or uh, I I Google this. Attached to a ship or boat by a cable or chain and lowered to the seabed to hold the vessel in a particular place by means of a fluke or pointed projection that digs into the sea bottom. The purpose of an anchor is to keep a ship safe and secure at a desired location, or to help control the ship during bad weather. In Nigeria, we are falling on many bad weather. Bad weather of no cash, bad weather of no fuel, bad weather of political instability. However, to accomplish these vital purposes, just having an anchor is not enough. So, can you have an anchor? The anchor must be solid, dependable, and used properly at the right time and place. And that's why from a scripture we read Hebrews. Now, now I'm gonna read a scripture to you. You will tell me whether this anchor that the Bible refers to, whether that anchor is solid, dependable, and used properly at the right time and at the right place. Hebrews 6:18 to 19 says, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have fled for refuge may have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. We have this as a what? As a sure and steadfast. As a sure and steadfast anchor. Hey, as you know, is a sure anchor, is a steadfast anchor, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, behind the veil, behind the veil. One of the things that now, if, if you remember some of those scriptures we read earlier on, one of the things that you do is that the anchor from, from that one second video or two seconds video is thrown out the anchor is not thrown in it is thrown out same way if your faith is an anchor your faith is thrown, I mean your, sorry, your hope you throw out that hope and what, remember what I said I said, hope, work with faith and love and then your hope is anchored on faith your hope is anchored on love you know the Bible says that we are the element, remember that analogy, We wear the element of hope, right? Breastplate of love, breastplate of faith, and then when you throw that anchor, what it does is that you know the anchor holds it. it, Listen, Bible talks about faith. You know, it is the assurance of things not seen. Hope tells you that there's a certainty something is going to happen in the future, but faith goes there and faith is holding it. As you throw that hope, faith grabs it. And so faith is what enables you That as you are pulling that anchor As you are pulling that anchor One of the things that happens The fact that your faith That's how you record that scripture That you receive the end of your faith And so one of the ways we get to the end of our faith Is that as you are pulling that anchor That anchor of hope Is leading you to the end of your faith Your faith is out there But the hope leads you to the end of that faith or, or, or to the end of the ankle, and when you get to the ankle, you meet your, your faith is that? Same way your you know your hope, it's over you, faith or love, either of them passes it. When you drop that hope, it anchors on on love, it anchors on faith. Listen to me. Hey, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. One of the things that our anchor does is to keep a ship safe and secure. Hallelujah. And secure at a desired location or to help control the ship during bad weather. One of the things that hope does for you here is that it keeps you safe. Hope keeps you secure. You know, irrespective of situations, and circumstances that come against us, things that look impossible, you hold on to hope and now you're open. Hope in God, open Christ, it keeps you safe, it keeps you secured at a desired location that, that you ought to be in. Or help you to control or, or hope helps to control you during bad weather. Bad and stormy weather. What are bad and stormy weather? Sicknesses, loss of job, lack of promotion. That contract letter not being awarded. Hope keeps you secured. It keeps you steady. Yes, it has not happened, but I, it's my turn next. Job layoff. I'm next. That visa has not come true. I am next. Holding on to your faith. Holding on to your faith. Listen to me. Someone said something. I quote. Hope is an anchor for the soul. How can you move forward if you are always looking back? The time to emerge from the graveyard of your past is now. One of the things that does not allow people to be able to look forward or follow the direction which hope is going is that they keep looking back. They keep aligning their past to hold them down. The time to stop waging wars in your mind is now. The Time to take a grip in your future is now. It's now. This time to take a grip on your future. How do you take a grip on your future? With hope. Take a grip. Let's hope arise in your heart. Let's hope arise. It is still possible. You know, we give up, Said it's Nigeria. God has spoken certain things to you. You don't expect it to happen. No longer see it. We cannot allow past circumstances to abort future opportunities. What has happened for a lot of people is that we have allowed past circumstances to abort future opportunities. Past circumstances, we can no longer allow it. Somebody say, I'm not going to allow past circumstances, past experiences to abort future opportunities for me. If you have experienced loss in your life, God has a way of restoring things you thought you would never see again. God has a way of restoring. You've lost a family. You've lost a child. You've lost opportunities. You've lost money. You're supposed to get a singing contract. The day before signing, the producer died. Listen. Listen. don't know why I should tell you people this story. But the little girl brought this to my mind. Years ago, I used to be upset with my mom. Why was I upset? And my dad, I was told that they arranged my job in Canada. Some months when I should have shown up, they said, let us go home. To go and do what? To go and drop the baby in Lagos? Oh God, glory to God. And as I, that's why they, 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 they dropped me. And that's why I'm sitting with you people. <laughs> you know, God of all hope. Is it God of all hope? God of all hope. I want someone to get their, I want someone to get their shoes ready. We are gonna, I'm going to read you. The last thing, last fact about hope is that hope, hope throws parties. Hope throws parties. Hope loves parties. Play something that sounds like a party. Hope loves parties. This guy, this guy is a church keyboardist. He does not go to parties. Pay me a la luke kind of sound. you are getting there, you are getting there hallelujah, glory to God we are going to look at two scriptures hope throws parties, hope loves parties Romans twelve twelve. the Bible says what? what does that scripture say? rejoice in hope be patient in tribulation be constant in prayer Let me, when we read this scripture, we keep talking about be patient in tribulation we talk about be constant in prayer Nobody tells you about rejoicing in hope. We don't talk about rejoicing in hope. You should rejoice in the hope that you have. I have the hope of a better tomorrow. I have the hope. Of the hope. I have the hope. My hope is like rejoice. You rejoice in hope. You rejoice in hope of that You know, Bible says, having not seen, yet rejoicing. Having not seen, hope. I have not seen it, but I'm rejoicing. I am dancing. I am jumping. I am singing. I'm giving God praise. Having not seen, yet rejoicing. You have not received that wedding knife, is not ready. You are rejoicing. Having not seen, yet rejoicing. There is no baby. You are rejoicing. You are rejoicing in your house. You are thanking God that ah, when my children show up, hey, you are rejoicing. You know, you just stand up from the room, run to, your, to the room. It's the baby's room. Ah, I heard the baby calling. Yeah, there was no baby there physically, but yet rejoicing, yet rejoicing, yet rejoicing. You know, you've you you've not landed that. What's that car that you want? Um, maybe Highlander twenty twenty. Yet as you are driving on your home, you know, Bible says that God's able to do beyond that which you can dream, what we can dare to dream. Ephesians three twenty. One of the things you can dare to imagine. I dare to imagine that I'm driving that vehicle, you know. Don't imagine yourself in, 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 in what's that car I used to like, Golf Three. Don't imagine yourself in Golf Three. Imagine yourself in that car and sit in your house. And you know what we say sometimes: laugh, just laugh, rejoice in hope. A lot of time, listen, when you cannot on your own, where there is no music, you're the only one with God. God, you know, God knows you. God knows that you are, you are not, your mouth is not talking but your heart is complaining. God knows when you are sitting in that sitting room said, "I you to be grateful to God. Ah God, at least I have a roof over my head. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my husband. You know, even though he has not bought me a Lamborghini but at least he has bought a bicycle for our son. Glory to God. Now it is not funny. It is the beginning of thanking God. You know, you are rejoicing in hope. You are rejoicing in hope. Another scripture says Romans 5, 2, verse 2 to 5 finishes our home. He said, Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice. What do we do? We rejoice in the hope. We rejoice in hope. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice. I want someone to rejoice in that home to get up on your feet this man. Let us rejoice let us rejoice let us rejoice let us rejoice let them. I want it loud glory to God listen they are not playing for you imagine you are in your house what do you want to rejoice forget what is playing I want you to run around I want you to roll on the floor and rejoice in open rejoice in open rejoice in open rejoice ah no, some people have not gotten this message rejoice rejoice in hope what is that hope? rejoice in that hope rejoice in that hope rejoice in that transformation rejoice in that change rejoice, rejoice in hope yes rejoice, rejoice in hope rejoice in hope Let me tell you what. Don't just rejoice for rejoicing's sake. I do rejoice in hope? There is something. Throw out your hope this morning. What, what are you throwing out your hope at? Are you throwing out your hope at that financial situation? Throw out your hope that that bill will be paid. Throw out your hope that that marriage will be done. Throw out your hope that that child will turn around. Throw out your hope that you are getting married. Throw it out in faith. Throw it out and then we we'll rejoicing that hope. If somebody ready to throw out their hope, now go ahead, throw out your hope. Throw out your hope. Now begin to rejoice in hope. Begin to rejoice in hope this morning. Begin to rejoice in hope this morning. See that business uh, prospering, blossoming. Throw out that hope this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. The preceding message was brought to you by Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, first bank bus stop off kudarat Abiola Way Argun, Lagos. Email KMIAfrica at Kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-0000640.